Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience. Today, we're talking round two players, championship, DraftKings showdown, maybe some head-to-head matchups, the stats that you're going to need to target moving forward, plus recap a little bit of round one and talk a little bit about maybe the future of this show and what's going to go on, because frankly, we don't know how long golf is going to continue to be played, even without crowds, as they keep saying words like, the situation is very fluid, despite the fact that the PGA Tour... Uh, has already said no more fans for the rest of the Players' Championship or any of the next three tournaments, which are the Valspar Championship, the Match Play, and the Valero Texas Open. They'll reassess after that, leaving the door open for people to form galleries at the Masters if things have gone better by then. It also leaves them out to say, hey, we might cancel the next three tournaments like every other major sport has been doing. But before we jump into that, I want to let everyone know to smash the like button, leave your DraftKings handle in the comments section, and... I'm still going to be doing this show every day, so why don't you leave some show ideas? I was thinking, like, rewatch. Maybe we'll talk about a show, talk about movies. I I don't know what we're going to do completely. I do have some contingency plans. Maybe it's just more cuss corners. We'll figure that out. Because as it stands right now, everything is basically canceled except for the PGA and MMA. And uh, if you want to go check out the UFC show, if you're looking to get in on some action over the weekend, it does appear like UFC Brasilia is still going to go forward. So Cody and Paul have the entire breakdown up on the podcast feed, and I'll throw the link into the description for the video uh, in both this podcast and video form if you want to check that out. Uh, I'm doing challenge recaps. There's a new season of the challenge coming out soon. We always do that, but that's not going anywhere. I've already done a cast review. We have more shows coming out. There's a free fantasy league. You can go join. I'll throw all of this stuff into the description and show notes of this video and podcast along with all of the cuss corners you can go back and binge there's 25 of them if you got time to kill yeah you can go laugh at cuss it's it kills like part of my day every day so you can do it for you as well um if you want to get into a draw for 100 DraftKings dollars smash smash subscribe to the pat mayo experience audio podcast leave a five-star review and something you enjoy about this show and you'll be in on that and as it stands right now since it does appear like golf is going to be played cut sweats live with myself jeff feinberg and friends will be streaming live on the DraftKings youtube channel the pat mayo experience facebook page that's facebook.com slash the pme or on twitter via periscope at the pme you can watch it up there it's going to start at 3 45 p.m eastern time if you got nothing to do you're sitting at home no one to talk to no one to talk about golf with and you just want to hang come hang with us it's always a good time on the cut sweat show either i guarantee either jeff or myself will have a meltdown over something so that's always just high comedy so come check that out that's what's going on but what i did want to throw out is We've already seen the tournament get canceled. MLB is canceled, at least postponed the first two weeks of the regular season. All spring training is done. No NHL, no NBA, uh, no XFL. Everything is kind of gone at this moment. Like I mentioned, it's UFC and PGA as it stands, as I speak right now. That can always change. It does appear, like I said, that the UFC is going to continue to move forward because they're going to do their card in Brazil with no fans in the stands. They've already moved their next two cards to their owned facility in Vegas. They've moved it from Portland and Columbus and going to Las Vegas, a place where they can monitor, keep people in and out. They're already making preparations for that right now. So that does appear like the two sports that are going to be going on moving forward. Uh, And if you want to get in, like I said, if you want to get into it, 
we provide shows for both of them. Uh, if you want to catch up on everything that's going on, that's what's uh, that's really what the deal is right now. It's a really bizarre time. That's why I wanted to do one of these shows and kick it off. You can hit the time code if you don't give a shit about this stuff and just go straight to the players. But I'll try to keep it quick. Uh, as it pertains to the coronavirus, uh, I mean, I don't especially know what's going on. I'm in Canada. Most of the viewers I know are in the United States. Uh, there seems to be far more panic uh, in the United States right now with more cases going on than it is up here. But, you know, it's not like we're, you know, we're case-free or anything like that. I, I guess the only thing that I can kind of put out, at least from my personal life, like I'm trying to make sure that nothing really changes for me, but I am taking more precautions than I thought I would. I mean, I have a 13-month-old son at home. My wife is seven months pregnant. I don't want to be bringing anything into the house so being as precautionary as possible right now is a really prudent move for me i I couldn't even go to the gym today i was gonna go to the gym i was like i had my gym gear with me i was like you know what probably not the best idea right now so as long as you're trying to do any steps to stay safe and that's going to range from a myriad different ways for different people some people are freaked out to the point of i don't want to leave my room i don't want to leave my house and if that works for you don't leave If you're able to stay inside, stay inside. If you want to go on living your normal day-to-day life, go out in public, do whatever, go do that too. It's just, if you feel any sort of symptoms, just make sure you're washing your hands the entire time for one thing. But any sort of symptoms, just either go get checked. I don't really know how that works in the United States. That seems to be part of the problem that's going on, at least from what I can tell. Um, Like I said, I'm no expert on this stuff. But again, just try to be as safe as possible. uh, And hopefully, if everyone takes their time, washes their hands, stays at home, whatever it is, uh, maybe we can get through this. But a lot of people are saying right now that, you know, maybe give it two or three weeks and we'll be back. I would prepare for stuff not coming back for a while, uh, to be perfectly honest with you. The health crises and what people are calling a pandemic from the World Health Organization, uh, it leads you to believe that it's probably more towards the longer end of the spectrum than anything coming back anytime soon. So, uh, like I said, be safe. Do all that stuff, and we'll try to talk about as much golf, as much TV, as much UFC, as much as as anything that we can cover. We're going to try to sink our teeth into because we know that people are sitting at home, and uh, whether they're panicked, they're not, they're bored, they they need something to do. You need something to watch, something to listen to, uh, and we're going to try to continue to provide as much entertainment as possible to help you get through this uh, for as long as we can do it. So... Let's talk about the players. One thing you might want to do uh, is go check out the DraftKings page right now. Showdown contests. Uh, I mean, w- without other sports, if you're an NBA person, an NHL person, a college basketball person, an XFL person, you're looking to play on DraftKings or getting to live betting. Golf right now is the only thing that's going to be happening on Friday, as far as I can tell. And uh, we're going to give away a 20% promotion at FantasyNational.com. So FantasyNational.com slash PME will get you 20% off. You want to dip your toes into the water of either live betting. We have a live leaderboard up right there, up there right now. I'll walk through that in a little bit uh, just to describe how you can utilize that to your advantage, either for betting, showdowns, head-to-heads, uh, a lineup generator. The entire round two showdown slate is loaded in right now if you want to go make some lineups and try to get your hands on some of these gigantic prize pools that are being offered but uh to kick it off with 
it was an odd day for the Players' Championship. Uh, just kind of looking at the leaderboard right now, I watched most of the afternoon wave, which ended up playing far more difficult than the afternoon wave did. I don't have the official scores in because I'm recording this right as the final players are getting off of the course. So, you no know, official scoring in, but just looking at the leaderboard right now with Hideki in first place, putting day of his life. Rick Gaiman actually tweeted out that he could lose 1.6 strokes in each of the next three rounds and still end up with his best putting performance in a while after what he did today. He's not under he leads by two over christian bezinet harris english who got us a chop of that first round leader so it's a nice way to kick off the week the first round leader if you have access to the top fives and up boom you get that each way and you're in the cash right now and out of nowhere see woo, kim former winner of the players comes out scorching chipping in for eagle on his second hole of the day the par 5 11th and just kind of didn't look back i believe he made one bogey maybe he made no bogeys but it wasn't just the putting like the putting was pretty good like for example Hideki shot nine under and the real difference was he gained 4.3 strokes putting which is outrageous for it's outrageous to begin with for one round for Hideki that is just mind-boggling uh that's probably not going to repeat Siwoo gained two on the greens but he did gain 2.7 through approach two around the greens his 2.7 strokes gained on approach was third best of any player in the field to look at it right now on strokes gained approach, the leaderboard. And again, you can find this on the live leaderboard at fantasynational.com. Cameron Champ, 4.5 strokes on approach. Apparently not super cursed because he was one of Tim's picks, but he did put it in the drink twice, made two double bogeys. So he only sits at minus four in seventh place. The Hermanator, Jim Herman, 3.1 strokes on approach. And then Siwoo McDowell uh, coming third and fourth place. And that is the most important stat of the week that I'm really targeting uh, as it pertains to in-play betting, anything like that. It's hard to, if you're Cameron Champ, uh, gaining 4.5 strokes, we talk about like if you gain four or three and you're a bad putter, that's probably going to regress back the other way at some point. Cameron Champ gaining 4.5 strokes on approach is also probably going to regress. That's something that he doesn't normally do, but he lost over his stroke off the tee and that's normally a spot where he gains. So if you can middle that a little bit, uh, then he's actually looking quite good. The around the green game was pretty neutral. So Cameron Champ is someone to keep an eye on here moving forward so overall leaderboard like i said minus nine right now hideki at seven siwoo Sebez, and harris english my guy patrick cantley sits in fifth right now and a really good day for him uh when you look at his numbers he was great off the tee one of the best in the field two strokes on approach he was pretty neutral around the greens and he gained 0.6 strokes putting and he was five under he parred two of the par fives on his second nine uh in today so i like the position that patrick cantley is in right now i'm just hoping that it doesn't switch tomorrow where the morning played much easier than the afternoon did on thursday i'm hoping on friday it doesn't go back to it looking at the updated weather right now we're seeing a little bit of action later on in the day. So basically 5 o'clock Eastern on as it stands right now. It's going to tick up probably 10, 12 miles per hour. While the rest of the day remains rather flat around like 5 or 6. It's the wind. It can always change. But this is something to pay to just pay attention to. And if you're playing showdown, birdie streaks are going to be really important. Uh, and I would expect round two to play a little bit more difficult after... After we saw so many players go out and really destroy the course in the morning, I bet you the pin placements are a little bit tougher in round two, uh, and you're probably not going to see a 63 out there again, or even some of those minus sevens. Like, that's that's kind of shocking to see, come up to the players and see that this is what's going on. When Webb made all those putts two years ago, yeah, that's going to happen. Uh, but to see it repeat again, it's probably going to be a bit tougher. So if you are playing Showdown, 
birdie streaks are going to be huge. And there's not really a ton of differentiation you can do. You can say, hey, maybe I think that the morning wave, all the guys that played in the afternoon today, are going to end up having a much easier go than the afternoon wave tomorrow. So maybe you just load up with six guys from the morning. Uh, and we'll get to a few of the plays that are looking to rebound on Friday after a disastrous day, especially on the greens on, thir- on Thursday. But you probably want to take guys that are starting on hole one rather than hole 10 because they do the split T. So if you start on hole 10, I mean, 10, 11, 12, we saw a bunch of guys birdie those to begin. It's really 10 that becomes the key there. Hole number 11 is pretty easy. It's a par five. And number 12 is that drivable par four, which, you know, Adam Scott put to 16 feet. Of course, he missed the putt for Eagle, but still tapped it in for birdie. It's one of the easiest. It's the easiest par four on the PGA Tour. So guys should be making at least birdie on that hole. But if you play it through and you start on 10, if you don't birdie 10, that's probably the end of your streak because when you get to 18, 18 is incredibly tough. So the wraparound becomes that much tougher. If you bogey 18 or you par 18 because it's so difficult, then you have to start your run again from hole one. If you start on hole one, the one caveat to it is where where hole number eight is exceptionally difficult. Sorry, you played as the most difficult hole today along with 18. Hole nine is a par five which plays on one of the four easiest holes on the courses. So if you're trying to really mine birdie streaks, the guys that start on the front will have a chance to go 9, 10, 11, with 9 and 11 being par fives. If you can sneak one on number 10, it's a spot for a pretty easy birdie. So I I would just say that that maybe you put into the water on 12 and you don't make up birdie. It just gives you an extra shot to get those birdie streaks. And something like that in a single-day showdown tournament is pretty key. So actually looking at the showdown plays and the stats from the players today, uh, guys that we should be targeting. Like at the high end, Rory goes birdie, birdie, birdie to end his round. It looks like he's a bit on fire. Uh, Xander Shifley is also someone who just gained in the massive ball striking department, couldn't really putt. Those are the guys that you want to do. So when you're sorting on fantasynational.com, the best way to try to project forward, and this isn't a fail safe, it doesn't automatically work, but the best way to find regression is who putted the best today and who putted the worst today. And does that match up with their ball striking at all? Like I would say that Hideki is due for regression. I do believe that he's due for regression on the greens, but his off the tee and his approach were also top notch. You don't just shoot nine under by being great on the greens. You need to be good across the board. So even if Hideki regresses back to his normal zero, let's say, let's say he even loses a stroke on the greens. Well, by the stats that he put up today, if everything remained the same and he went from 4.3 strokes putting to minus one strokes putting today, but he still gained a stroke and a half off the tee and through two through approach and 0.3 around the green he'd still be four or five under for the day. So the way that he's striking the ball right now means that he really is a front runner. And even looking at the odds, Hideki's odds to win this tournament right now are plus 350. I wouldn't be betting Hideki at plus 350. There's enough guys still around him, but that shows you that it's Hideki at plus 350, Rom at 11 to one, Cantlay at 12 to one, Rory 16, Harris English 18, C. Woo! At 20 to 1. I wish I had thrown. I bet the guy every week. Don't bet him at 400 to 1. It turned me he's already won before. What's wrong with me? Uh, Leishman 22, Seabez 25, Morikawa 25, Webb 25, then Adam Scott at 33. Like right now, Hideki is a significant favorite uh, going in just based on the way that he's playing. Like I said, you can putt neutral the rest of the way, continue this ball strike. He's going to be a really hard guy to catch unless you start going. You're someone who is ball striking just as well and then start going crazy on the greens. And again, that's just going to be super hard to predict. So I wouldn't expect a ton of regression from Hideki. I'm actually curious to see what people do in showdown contests. Normally, 
what we see is that the leader just gets piled on. Uh, but he's $9,300. He's a good price. So he might come in with like 35, 40% ownership. Two of the ways that I like to play showdown, besides just looking at bad putters who were good in ball striking and hope for regression in the morning, especially if they're morning wave guys starting on hole one, that's how I'm going to really try to structure this down. But who were the chalk going into the tournament? And did they have a bad day? And why did they have a bad day? One thing that you'll notice is if you liked a guy 24 hours ago and he had a bad round, but the bad round was because he lost a bunch of strokes putting, you should probably go back to that guy, even though no one else is going to do it. There's a reason that you liked him in the first place. Everyone has bad rounds. Don't put that behind them. And look, you're playing for first place here. Uh, you don't want to be just absorbing all of the chalk that goes on. And that's just a good way to find a low ownership, high quality type of player. So when we actually reverse it and look at some of the players who really performed poorly on the green state, but the ball striking was fine, my guy, Tony Finau. Tony shoots a plus three, no birdies on the card. He lost almost five strokes putting today. He was positive off the tee. He was positive on approach, a bit in the minus around the green, then minus 4.6 strokes putting. Like, that is pathetic. And you'd have to hope, and like, I bet Finau coming into the week, not looking like a good bet right now, but I just need him to rally tomorrow for showdown contest because the cut, as it stands at the moment, if the cut was to happen today, top 65 in ties, it would be minus one. There's a lot of guys at minus one. So if it plays a bit easier tomorrow, that could sneak up to minus three. I'd probably project the favorite right now at minus two. But if it plays difficult and their wind pops up or they hide the pins in tough places, it could stick at minus one or go the other way because there's a lot of bad players who are above the cut line and a lot of really good players who are below the cut line. And as we saw, guys can go low here. There's minus fives, minus sixes, minus sevens out there on the course and players like Fowler and Finau. Like they have the ability to go low in some of these rounds. So I'm not saying it's likely that they rebound, but someone like Finau, his numbers indicate that he could actually do that. The one who's actually almost even as worse on the green, but ball striking better than Tony Finau, also at plus three is Jordan Spieth. Now, I don't know if he gained a stroke off the tee, which is, again, mind-blowing for Jordan Spieth. He gained half a stroke on approach and lost 4.4 strokes putting. Uh, I mean, I can go back and look at Spieth right now, the last time that he lost that many strokes, but I'd wager it was back in that era uh, when he was gaining all these strokes tee to green and couldn't make a putt like at the beginning of three years ago. Searching the database right now on Fantasy National, his worst putting performance on record, Jordan Spieth, the 2015 Dell Championship. And in two rounds, he lost 4.2 strokes on the green for the tournament. He lost more than that in one round today. He's probably going to rebound on the greens tomorrow. That doesn't mean he's going to gain, you know, five or anything like that, but get back to neutral, continue striking the ball this way. I actually saw two bets with him and one that I'm probably going to get in on. Like to bet him, I mean, at minus, at plus three to come back and chase down the guy at minus nine. That's probably not going to happen. But for showdown purposes, he's $7,400. If he does start running hot with the putter, and we know Spieth can do that. Let's say all of a sudden the ball striking remains the same, and he does gain four strokes tomorrow. Well, he's probably going to have the low round of the day based on the way that he played today. But against Fowler and Justin Thomas, he's plus 350 to beat them tomorrow. And normally I just say, you know, Spieth is washed. Don't worry about him. And of course, like it. The driving and the driving especially seems to be very atypical of what he's up to. That could go back in the minus no problem tomorrow. That's a huge number. 
to play against Justin Thomas and Ricky Fowler, who both themselves didn't play very well. Looking at Justin Thomas, he lost ball striking. He was horrendous off the tee. The approach, as usual, very good. But he was in the woods. He was in the water. It was a very poor performance with the driver from Justin Thomas today. If that persists, he's not going to gain a bunch of strokes. He's going to be in the water again. He's going to bleed it away. Fowler was just a disaster across the board. Lost two off the tee. Lost almost one. Uh, on approach. He was neutral putting. He didn't even lose strokes putting. He lost almost two strokes around the green. It was a very weird Ricky day. So maybe he does rebound, but at least looking at it statistically, in that three ball, Justin Thomas is a plus 150. Ricky Fowler is a plus 190. And Spieth is almost double their odds. You get three and a half to one on your money. If Spieth can sneak out a win, and by the stats, he should be he should at least be probably plus 210 based on the way that he played today going in. And you're getting way more than that. So that's a bet that I like going in. Speed someone along with Finau. You can probably use in showdown contest and feel pretty good about it. Overall, ball striking. like Someone like Jim Herman gains 4.2 strokes. Ball striking, that's ball, strokes gained ball striking. If you're looking at our live leaderboard on Fantasy National, that's strokes gained off the tee plus strokes gained on approach. That's not a number that the Herminator hits very often. So that's probably regression too. If you click on the names of the players, you can go see how they've done over the past five, past 10, and see those numbers for entire tournaments. And if they're just completely out of whack with everything that you see, you'd have to think there's probably some regression coming from that aspect. One of the other under the radar plays, currently T37, I was actually looking to bet him outright. I don't know if I'm going to pull the trigger on it or not. But if you can find like a top 10 or a top 5, I know some of those odds are still available out there. But I found him at 200 to 1. Maybe I'll play it. You know what? I'll throw 10 bucks on Lucas Glover to win this tournament, along with his top 5 each way, which pays 50 to 1. So if he comes inside the top 5, I get 500 bucks. If he wins, I get 2,500 bucks the each way plus the outright. But today off the tee, he gained 1.3 strokes on his approaches. Gained. Two strokes around the green, 1.1 strokes lost, 3.1 strokes on the green. Glover, historically, not the greatest putter, but he's not usually this bad. And maybe that tee to green performance doesn't keep up, but you can mitigate a lot of factors. He's already two under. It's not like he's Spieth or Finau sitting at plus three where he basically has no chance to come back and win. Hal Sutton was the last player to win the Players' Championship by firing an overpar round in the first round. That's, I mean, it's funny because it's a narrative thing, but it's funny that Rory was able to claw back to even. So, you know, he's technically still alive in this. The, the narratives aren't working against him. Uh, the Bermuda surface is Glover's worst, and he has been bleeding stroke. So, for example, at API last week, he lost 2.8. He lost 3.7 at Honda on the greens, and then at Mexico, 3.2. So, he lost more in this one round, basically, than the average of his past three four-round tournaments. Actually, he missed the cut at two of them. So... His per round is about half of what he actually lost today. So maybe he bounces back the other way. In the two weeks before that, at Pebble and the Farmers, he gained over three strokes both times. So maybe he can recapture a hot putter here, keep that tee to green game going. Uh, most of the books have actually factored in a lot of the tee to green guys, the poor putting into their odds. Like I thought that Brooks was kind of heating up towards the end of his round. It was nice to see, but he's 33 to one. He's now worse odds than he was, and I think he's sitting at two under. Shifley, Adam Scott, all guys that really seem to get it going towards the end of the round uh, are all just being priced probably as they should be. Uh, It's kind of funny to think of it that way, but it seems like the books have actually caught up to what the stats are telling us. But Glover, he's sort of an outlier in this situation. Currently sits at minus two, did very well in the ball striking department. He was fifth in ball striking today, and T to green, he was first 
in the field, just ahead of Siwoo Kim, Hideki Daniel Berger, and Patrick Cantlay. So he's another under-the-radar live bet showdown play, trying to look at... It was the two-ball that I was... Or the three-ball that I was looking at that uh, I thought was very interesting. I was like, oh, man, Lucas Glover, this is going to be perfect. I'll smash him at, like, plus 200 against whoever he's going against. The problem is, in his group, it's Scott Brown and Cameron Tringali, who reek, so he's even money to win his three-ball. That's not a good bet. Uh, when you're Lucas Glover, because things could always go the other way because you're Lucas Glover. Uh, if the tee to green is just a bit off and he repeats that putting performance, not likely, but definitely within the realm of the stage of outcomes that we're thinking about here, that he could really go badly very quickly when we look at it. So overall, uh, the other one I was looking at was... Martin Laird. Martin Laird gained a ton on approach today. 2.2 strokes on approach, one off the tee. So those are the under-the-radar guys. He's $6,100 in round two DraftKings showdown. That if you really wanted to go out and take some of those guys, uh, I'm looking at it here. Kyle Stanley, Martin Laird, and Wyndham Clark. It's funny because Wyndham Clark is another one who had a really good day ball striking, a really bad day on the greens. So I don't really like to... If it was not Wyndham Clark, it was Stanley and someone else who had either a neutral day or a hot putting day, but a bad iron day, that would be a pure smash spot for me with Martin Laird. Might even parlay him and speed together and get like 10 to 1 to see if that works out. Because I like to get greedy with this stuff. But against Wyndham Clark, who rates out kind of the same way, that's probably not a three ball that I really want to get into. And both those guys, again, pretty good for the showdown contest if you can figure out how to build at the top. And if we are building at the top and thinking about showdown, Rory remains the most expensive player. He was leaving a lot of stuff right today. He's from the school of right. Uh, whether it was on par fives on approaches, on par three, short-siding himself in a lot of these bunkers. And for a while, it looks like you know the putter was going to let him down. But then he starts making these big ones. But he actually lost a st- 1.3 strokes tee to green. Uh, and John Rahm, I actually think, is someone you can potentially fade uh, in head-to-heads. Like, just watching his round, he was not sharp whatsoever, but he was making every putt. And it reflects it in the stats. Minus 1.3 on approach, plus 3.4 on the greens. Uh, He was in the negatives, ball striking, 1.4. He has one of the most reverses. Like, when we look at it, we want to look at bad putting, good ball striking. Hopefully the putting goes back to neutral tomorrow. The ball striking stays the same. Now, Rom can always improve his ball striking. He's an elite player. But I wouldn't expect him to gain 3.4 strokes on the green again. So, man, just take a look at Brooks here. Brooks is kind of the other way. Brooks was fine ball striking. He sits at minus two. Uh, His around the green game wasn't good, and he just gained marginally in the putting department. 0.4 strokes. He could definitely improve on that tomorrow. So let's see what they're giving us right now. If the books are calling, of course, they don't have it up right now. Thanks. Let's see. Kepka. Here we go. Kepka is, oh, Jesus. Kepka is plus 250 against Rory and Rom. I think I'm going to add that one to the list, too. Brooks plus 250 to win his three ball. He played the best of these three guys today. Statistically, he didn't do it with smoke and mirrors. And I actually thought that he got better as the round went along. I know sometimes you saw him in the pine straw or he tried to hit a bunker shot that stayed in the bunker, but he was able to persevere this entire time. He didn't make any hugely crippling mistakes. He was a bit rusty to begin the round. Maybe he recaptured someone, something towards the end, and all of a sudden, like, you know, I bet Brooks at 40-1 to 1 before the tournament started. Hopefully he can continue to work his way up that list. I do like him at plus 250. I wonder if I parlay him and Spieth. What's that end up paying? That pays 15-1 to 1 if Brooks and Spieth both win their groups tomorrow. So I might play those individually and parlay them together for 15-1. to 1. It's a shot that I like to take. But Brooks would be one of the higher-priced guys that I would actually be targeting in showdown. He is $8,500 tomorrow. He's not even, like, the highest of the high. I'd probably roll with, honestly, I'd probably roll with Cantlay 
or Hideki once again. Like, Dustin's irons were bad today. The putting was bad. Maybe he recaptures it, but Cantlay was all over the ball striking, just like Matsuyama was. So I think I would probably roll those two out again and hope to get lucky with it. The other guys, in terms of approach, from the very high end was Justin Thomas, but he just lost so much on the off the tee. So, well, even though I'm betting against Justin Thomas, if you think that he can get his driver back working tomorrow and the irons stayed the same, that seems to be a pretty decent situation to go with. Uh, Xander was the other one. Xander was immaculate ball striking today. And we even saw that if you watched even the end of the round, his shot on 18 was just fucking nails. He lost almost two strokes putting. He gained all, he gained three strokes tee to green. He's currently at minus two. He was one of the ones that I wanted to go bet. Say, oh, Xander's going to make a charge here. I'm going to get sneaky. I'm going to play some Xander. He's 28 to one. He's exactly what he was yesterday. I was hoping to grab like a 50 or a 60, but no one was being fooled on that. Uh, let's see what his... He's up against Scott and Rose. Rose is plus 350. Yeah, one plus 130 for both Scott and Shifley tomorrow in their three ball. Rose is plus 350. That's probably a stay away. I prefer the Brooks and I prefer the Spieth uh, over Shifley in that regard. But I do like Shifley a lot because Scott also played pretty well. Uh, and he's another one who basically did nothing on the front nine and really got it going on his back nine, which is probably outside of the first three holes, the harder nine, uh, unless you can really get your ball striking dialed in. Adam Scott uh, lost uh, around the greens. He lost on approach, but gained almost two strokes off the tee today. So those are just some of the plays. Those would be the players. If I was playing like three, four, or five lineups, I'd build the core around those guys at the top and talk about the players and mix those in from the lower end, the Lairds, the Wyndham Clarks, the Speeths. I can't believe I'm saying that. But the Speeths of the world. Uh, the Finaus of the world. Trying to find some other guys here for you that might end up being really good. Uh, I mean, Corey Connors putted okay today, which kind of worries me that he's like due for a Ben and minus eight putting, but the ball striking per usual was pretty on point. Berger actually lost strokes putting. He was minus four today, two and a half strokes on the ball striking department. Billy Horschel, someone who struck the ball incredibly well off the tee and through his irons, lost almost a full stroke on the greens. Um, we talked about Spieth. Kisner's another one uh, who's had success at this tournament before. He's currently minus one. Uh, he gained almost two strokes tee to green, lost almost two on the greens. He's someone who's shown a proclivity to be a pretty good Bermuda grass putter. He's won on a Pete Dye course in the past, has had success at other Pete Dye courses. Let's see what the old Kisman is up here. He's up against Willett. And Troy Merritt, plus 150 is not terrible. I wonder what his outright is going to be. Sorry I'm looking this up on the fly, but we're doing it just... Oh, Kevin Kisner, 200 to 1. Huh. That's interesting. So Kiz, 200 to 1. Glover, 200 to 1. If you play with the each ways, I think that's the only way that you want to do this, because coming back from eight strokes down is, is certainly doable. Like if Hideki has a bad round, everyone's kind of back into it. But if those guys continue to gain T to green and they can turn out a top five, a 50 to one on a top five is nothing to sneeze at, especially if you go like 10 and 10. I mean, you've allocated $40 in and you have the potential to get, you know, if one of them comes inside the top five, you have 500 coming back to you and God forbid they win. And you know, you're absolutely dancing on this. I'm just trying to find some of the other guys who are down here on the list that rate out. Well, it's no one really Herschel 125, eh, it's all right, but nothing crazy. So I guess those would be the two. If I was a, to jump in in play, I think I will jump in on Lucas Glover and Kevin Kisner. We'll have more bets and live betting going on during the Cut Sweat live show, 3.45 p.m. Eastern time 
on the DraftKings YouTube channel tomorrow uh, and the Facebook page, facebook.com slash the PME and on Periscope. Recommend everyone come hang. Like, we're going to try to have more guests on. Uh, now, at least, it sucks because everyone was able to watch all the shots they wanted live on the NBC Gold app in America. The rest of us around the world got our normal shitty coverage. Uh, the coverage was pretty good from NBC on the actual telecast. I really thought Mike Tirico did a fine job today trying to articulate as i tried to articulate at the beginning about the coronavirus and how the shutdown affects everyone i did a very poor job of it mike Tarico, being the pro that he is i thought really handled it with a lot of delicate care uh and just he's a very stoic guy and when he says things you really listen to it and i thought that he did a very fine job today so we'll see how it goes and listen if they cancel the golf after next after tomorrow because there's pressure from all of the other leagues they're like oh we're the only league left that's a bad look uh we're gonna shut this down i'm not gonna be super stunned i hope that doesn't happen uh, especially with no spectators it's not a contact sport these guys frankly don't even stand all that close to each other i can understand the reasons why the pga would want to try to give this a go but all it really takes like ct pan withdrew today he said he was traveling around he didn't want anything to do with this he doesn't want to get sick anything like that and you know if it's Patton kazire or taylor gooch or russell knox or brendan todd and they're like you know what i i feel unsafe i'm not going to play the tour is not really going to care if brooks or rory or spieth or phil comes out and says you know what I don't want to play. This is bothering me. Then that's a different situation. Then the tour is going to react. Other players are going to see this. But this is all these players are independent contractors on the PGA Tour. There is, I think it's $2.7 million for the winner. They're probably going to try to at least finish this one out so they can get their paydays and then go figure out what they want to do. We might see a lot of withdrawals from the field like that's that's the one problem with taking a fee now and taking anyone who gets out of the cut mix especially the afternoon guys and this is just pure theory and this is what i was thinking about that if we do see some withdrawals we saw louis go earlier today but like who's someone who sucked like ricky ricky sucked today ricky is plus four he plays in the afternoon if the cut line moves to like minus three so he needs to shoot seven under eight under whatever it might be seven under to get back to the cut line and he he's not doing it after two holes. He's one over after two holes. If you're him and you don't want to get sick, you might just say, fuck it. I'm playing for zero money anyway. I'm getting out of here. And you might see a late rash of withdrawals from people that are out of it. So I'd probably caution against some of those afternoon guys that are at high scores right now that even if the stats look good on them, they might just pack it in early and say, you know what? This isn't worth it. I'm not making the cut. I'm just going to go home. And then you end up getting stuck with a zero. So I guess best case scenario for showdown lineups, now that I've talk this out loud and talked it through are guys in the morning starting on hole one uh that putted poorly or just ball striked really well today and hopefully you can pile those guys up um so that would be my main approach for it uh we'll have more commentary i'm sure jeff will have to weigh in on a lot of that stuff and some of the guests that we bring on i'm sure that they're going to have a lot of insight right now but again i do want to reiterate everyone out there be safe don't let anyone pressure you into going out or staying in just do what you want just try to be safe don't be if you feel any sort of sick get yourself tested all right uh, i talked about fantasynational.com you can get 20 percent off if you go to fantasynational.com slash pme there is a contingency plan in place for all members who have signed up should the pga get canceled moose has worked really hard on that he's reassured me it's not going to be a problem so uh, you can feel safe, at least uh, if you're going to get a membership. I just suggest getting a weekly right now. If you're a new member, 
figure it out. You want to get in on the action this weekend because you're going to have weekend golf coming up if all things go well. Round three showdown, round four showdown. You have the outright betting market that you can hit. If you're sitting at home, honestly, if it's going to cost you eight bucks for a weekly membership, uh, it's pretty good entertainment cause to, you know, you can go and play some DraftKings Live, follow along with the Golf Live. If you're someone who likes to live wager, you can look at that live leaderboard and really get a sense to match with your eyes. And now that you can go see all the shots, Hey, why not go for it, all right? Uh, if you want to get into a draw for 20 DK bucks, smash the like for the episode. Leave your DraftKings handle in the comment section. And tell me what sort of show you would see. Non-sports-related show. Shows we definitely know that we can do on the Pat Mayo experience if golf goes away or MMA goes away. And we still want to do our shows every single day for you out there to help kill the time and entertain you. So let me know that. And if you want to get into the draw for 100 DraftKings dollars, Subscribe to the Pat Mayo Experience audio podcast. Leave a five-star review, DraftKings handle, and something you like about this show, and you'll be in that draw. Winners will be announced on this Monday's show. Will it be golf for the Valspar Championship and a player's recap? I certainly hope so, but if it's not, we'll have something else in its place to come out, and I'll announce the winners on that show. Everyone, enjoy yourself. Go check out that UFC show that's in the description, the challenge show, some cuss corners, and we'll have plenty more coming for you. We're not going anywhere at the Pat Mayo Experience, all right? I'll see you next time. Pat Mayo Experience! Experience!